straight efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. Here in episode 67, we're joined by Mark Andre Page, Vice President of Commercial Operations at Lion Electric, where he explains the history of the company and its focus on purpose-built electric trucks and buses. We also talk about the company's new U.S. manufacturing facility in Joliet, Illinois, the need to bring a positive experience to users of EVs, how successfully scaling electric trucks will take more than just producing quality vehicles, and the importance of sharing experiences across the EV ecosystem. Today we have joining me Mark Andre Page. He's the Vice President of Commercial Operations at Lion, or Lion Electric, I think, or maybe you'll correct me, Mark. Um, it's a real pleasure to have you on today. Um, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Mike. It's a pleasure for me to be uh, with you as well. So you got it right, Lion Electric, Lion, I, they both means the same. So uh, really looking forward for our conversation today. I'm quite certain that um, most of the audience here uh, knows about Lion and your work delivering electric trucks and buses. But um, I'm also pretty sure, Mark, that we think we know more about you than we do. <laughs> so um, so let's just uh, let's just start right there. Tell us about Lion Electric, uh, you know, you, you, the history and just just walk us through how the company's got to where you are today. I joined Lion in early 2011. So I've been part of the growth of the organization, but also it's a uh, focus on building a purpose-built electric trucks and buses so it's been uh, very interesting to see uh, that uh, that uh, that focus back in 2013 when we decided to be an all-electric manufacturer only uh, back then as you guys know line was a uh, all-electric school bus manufacturer so we've been delivering those school buses for close to 10 years now with the the electric powertrain so that has been super exciting and this is how we develop our technology uh, over time as you know a type c school bus is really a, a class 7 truck on which you uh, you add a, a school bus body on it so i mean the manufacturing of those electric chassis was something that was uh, critical for us to optimize over time and uh, over the last uh, many years we've decided to uh, increase our variety of product lines and then enter the truck market so today, uh, Mike, we do have like obviously two main product lines, our trucks and our school buses. So on the school bus side of things, we do a, a couple of platforms, some smaller buses, our Lion A, the regular type C school bus that you see on the road today. And we're also launching a uh, flat nose bus within the next uh, couple of months. Uh, but all of this to say, we uh, use that experience on school bus, uh, that class seven chassis to open up our truck line, which is, uh, you know, uh, another purpose built uh, cabin chassis truck. So today we, we have a range of products, starting with our Lion 6, a class six truck, and then moving on to some of the vocational applications that we just launched recently, the Lion 8, a class eight refuse truck. Uh, but that chassis as well can also receive um, various application in terms of also aerial uh, devices, uh, utility uh, type of equipment, but uh, we're going to be also launching uh, as quickly as we can our Lion 8 tractor. So all of those uh, all electric platforms will be uh, launched and in operations within, I would say, the next uh, six to 12 months, depending on the platform. So uh, we're deeply involved, as you can see, Mike, in terms of uh, deploying the every applications for trucks and school bus that makes sense with the current technology you know, with their urban regional applications, with the current range uh, uh, capabilities we have. So uh, we are trying to do our best to find the right fit and the right application to uh, create some positive experience with our customers and the fleets uh, to, to, get, to grow that side of the business as quickly as possible. Because we understand the truck is a, uh, 
a, a massive market in terms of uh, the uh, the quantities of trucks on the road, but we believe that a significant portion today, the electric powertrain and the range makes sense for those applications, knowing it's not 100%, but we believe with those uh, you know, with those applications, we can be uh, very successful launching those yeah. uh, those units. Well, hey, we like, we like simple terms and simple uh, things here. So Lion 6, yep. Class 6, Lion 8, Class yeah. 8, good job there. <laughs> I mean, well, we, you know, actually, I'm joking a little, but I'm, I'm really not. I mean, the the you know, at, at NACFI, we're all about, you know, helping scale. And so, you know, yeah. what we find is each manufacturer, I get and understand marketing, I've done it in my career. And so you want yeah. to name things different than your competitors to, you know, kind of differentiate yourself. But it's also very nice to have simple terms that people understand yeah. and can move forward with. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, for us, you know, making it simple is always more difficult <laughs> sometimes, but for us, it's critical. And since you, you know, we we've been the new kid on the block for for the last many years. I think uh, going with a simple approach as well also help uh, the, our customers in the fleet and uh, the various stakeholders of where we are, what we offer as well. So it's uh, it's been key for us to keep it simple as we do with the rest of our product and services as well. So a question a question has been on my mind, Mark, that I wanted to ask you, and I'll do it now so I don't forget later. Is um, how do you view sure. the U.S. versus Canada marketplace? I mean, I, I gotta believe some people. Some people expect you to be a Canadian manufacturer for the Canadian market first. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that's inaccurate, or maybe it's not. But um, how do you how do you view that? It's an it's a very good uh, point, uh, Mike. Because you know, in the last uh, ten years, we've been a Canadian manufacturer building all of our uh, school buses up in the, in the Montreal area. Uh, but today we are uh, opening up our uh, Joliet, Illinois factory in the U.S. So uh, this is uh, it's a humongous facility. We're talking about close to 900,000 square feet facility. It's, it's probably the biggest uh, dedicated electric uh, truck uh, and truck and bus manufacturing site in the U.S. right now. So it shows you our commitment to be a U.S. manufacturer for the U.S. market. And obviously the size of our factory reflects as well the size of the potential market in the U.S. So uh, even though the initial years were, uh, you know, we've built a lot of stuff in Canada, some of our teams are still located there. We are growing, uh, I would say, rapidly is an understatement, our forces in the U.S., because we want to be there supporting the U.S. with the with a U.S. factory, some dedicated U.S. teams, and the same for Canada, the Canadian market. Because uh, to your point, the U.S. market has uh, uh, an amazing potential and we know the the volume is also uh, increasing and we know that from a volume perspective the US and Canada they just simply don't match based on the nature of of those two countries so we want to make sure that we have the proper infrastructure to uh, support the growth and the initiative right. all across the US so uh, but the, the the two markets are very similar i mean they tend yeah. to follow the same um, regulations with respect with respect to safety and greenhouse gas and Correct. and other things and so um you know just some yeah. some nuances of cold weather and different roads a bit <laughs> yeah. and weight weight carrying capability but you know for the most yeah. part i mean it's a pretty much homo uh, you know homogeneous sort of market hey before i also before i forget yep. i always ask I always ask my guests on these podcasts how you and I, or even how you know Lion and Nackfi became friends. And and do you, do you, do you remember your first sort of introduction to us, or or how we we started talking? I mean, we do have lots of uh, friends and comments for sure, Mike. I think about Eve or some uh, people that have been in the truck industry uh, forever and been introducing our two organizations together. So I don't recall the first touch point, but I know there was various. Uh, 
uh, trade shows, like starting in 2019 when we first launched our Lion 8 truck. I believe that's probably our first uh, touch point when we entered that uh, that market. But right. since then, I know there's uh, various uh, opportunities in which our two organizations uh, met and worked together. Yeah, we we were probably paying a little bit of attention to you guys when uh, when we started our electric truck work, which was around 2016, 17. But yep. you never know. You, you know, we never really never really knew. But I do remember interviewing some of your leaders um, at your launch uh, at that launch truck launch um, time period. So how about yourself, Mark? I mean, what brought you to this? I think you've told me you were one of the first employees there, right? Yeah. I mean, so you've been there seeing it all firsthand, but also what brought you to Lion? What, what's your, your own career? Uh, that's a, I mean, you're right. I've been there for over, uh, I would say 11 years and a half with Lion. I've been part of the the initial group that started the, the business. And what brought me to Lion is, uh, I think it's very simple. It's a uh, passion from our leaders because uh, you probably have you guys had exposure to Mark Bedard our CEO and founder and when he has a project in mind he is a uh, super passionate so I was not in that industry before but when the more he would be sharing about that uh, crazy project about manufacturing school buses and trucks it kind of triggered me because I had that startup and that uh, you know that kind of passion as well that I wanted to, to share and uh, and grow but fun fact as well, my grandfather was a school bus driver. So I was ah. basically born in a school bus. So uh, there was always a side of me that was uh, involved. So he was a mechanics as well. So I've been uh, in my early, early days playing in a school bus doing some, uh, I would say, let's call this minor repair back with them. But I've been in the, uh, in the uh, you know, in this world, you know, uh, uh, per default when I was very, very young. But I just, uh, when I saw the passion of our two founders and the, their vision, I was like, I think that's the perfect fit uh, for me to join and to uh, do our best to grow this to uh, to the biggest uh, thing, the biggest manufacturer we can uh, we can bring this to market. Yeah, very good. So you said something um, a little earlier uh, that I want to build upon, and that is you talked yep. about the uh, positive experience. You want to help bring the positive experience of electric trucks uh, and buses, um, to, to a broader group. And, you know, I, I, first of all, I want to thank you for participating in run on less electric in 2021, just last year. Um, when we yep. had a, a day and Ross class six yep. box truck in the run, um, operating, yep. I believe out around Montreal airport around that area. Um, Correct. but, um, and so thanks for, for doing that. I, I think that that run really told us all what these electric trucks are bringing and And, um, you know, we felt that, you know, again, what you call the positive experience. What do, you, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, I think the more we deployed units, electric uh, vehicles in the past, the more we understood that delivering a unit is one thing among amongst many others that needs to go well. So obviously, product quality, reliability, uptime, those are all things that... I mean, we're firm believers in, but we've discovered in the in the last ten years that not only the uh, the, the positive experience with the vehicle itself is important, but also with the all of the ecosystem around the vehicles. Because uh, I think what we've learned is, you know, I think today the industry is getting obviously a expert expertise into the charging infrastructure, telematics, and the new ways of doing business when we integrate vehicles to to the fleets. So I think. Every positive experience, and I think, you know, the Run Unless was a great example, and we were thrilled to be part of that initiative as well, but it was also another area where we wanted to make sure that everything around the vehicles for, for, for Day and Ross and our current customer, that as everything is accessible for them in terms of knowledge, support, not only on the vehicle side of things, because, you know, fleets are usually much better than us to do like the vehicle maintenance, preventive maintenance, and all that stuff. 
but all the new uh, factors that needs to be considered like charging infrastructure, scale connections with utility and how to operate this with the new uh, factors that needs to be considered. I think this is where we strive to share as much of the experience we've had over the last 10 years for our customers to learn as quickly as possible about this. So this way they can use those lesson learns and uh, avoid some, some situations that can be avoided then. 10 years ago, we just didn't know. So all of our teams are built in that mindset to share into that experience as much as we can to create not only a good driving experience for the, for the truck drivers or a good experience in terms of maintenance, but also everything around from all the various stakeholders and the in-fleet operations. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're definitely in the weeds now, right, of, uh, of deploying and, and scaling. Um, you know, we're still in the very early stages, but, yeah, there's days I wake up or there's times I'm on calls with fleets and others, and I'm like, man, this is a lot. This is, um, you know, I've had fleet managers say that they've walked into a room and, and uh, for, you know, talking about an electric truck deployment and they're in the room is legal and finance mm -hmm. and human resources and safety. And, yeah. you know, it, it just goes on. I mean, it used to be, you know, if you were deploying new tires or some aerodynamics, you know, yeah. you might have yeah. a few people in the room. But, um, yeah, so, how, I mean, just kind of help us peer into that. I mean, what, what's that like right now for some of your fleets and you and, and, you know, first of all, I guess you got to get some of those players, whether it's the utilities or EVSE yep. people or whatever, you got to even get them involved, right? Sometimes they may not even be in. And then once they're in, you got to really help put a fire under them to make all this work. I mean, paint yeah. a picture for us yeah. as to how that's working right now when a fleet tries to scale. Yeah, I think you're spot on, Mike, because I think when we look at, you know, selling electric trucks is one portion of the challenge, right? So once we get there and we are able to explain like total cost of ownership that is lower and all the great features of those new electric trucks, well, then we need to uh, to start a task force around that vehicle sales and that that upcoming deployment to cover all angles because you're right, really it's in, not only- Sorry yeah. to interrupt you, but really yeah. in, in, in internal combustion engine trucks, game over that's when the oem kind of stops i mean they still have to you know they still have to make sure that the truck works for the customer and they got to think yep. about after sales support but but really at that yep. point you're describing right there it's just like done but now it's kind of just <laughs> yeah. starting for an electric truck especially here in the early yeah. days oh no for sure and for us this is where probably the the biggest portion of our customer journey starts because this is where we're uh, deep diving in terms of, all right, site selection, where it makes more sense to deploy charging infrastructure. And yeah, like you mentioned, utilities are a critical uh, uh, stakeholders into this. Who do you select for your infrastructure, right? Because we're moving into a, a massive energy transition and uh, not only the utility uh, providers are, you know, they're, you know, the energy providers are different, but also the, the, the equipment to charge, you know, our charging stations. I mean, we see today a surge of new manufacturer that propose all kinds of great products and various, you know, specifications. But at the end of the day, we've got involved with our Lion ecosystem, which consists of uh, various teams from charging infrastructure, vehicle telematics, extended warranty, 
uh, on-site support, mobile teams, all the different teams that are they they are they are required to to support their fleet electrification properly because there are so many different factors. When we look at charging infrastructure, it's a good example. Well, we we obviously Lion is doing all the um, interrupt campaign compatibility campaigns with all the tier one manufacturers of chargers. We think about ABB, ChargePoint, Siemens, uh, BTC, and just to name a couple. But we did this with all tier one manufacturers because. We want to make sure today that we understand their business, but also not only how to sell a charger and how to commission a charger, but also how will those partners respond for fleet requirements. And I think this is something that sometimes we, we forget because selecting the right partner is not only like the best cost of the charger. There's a lot of things to be considered, but we, with our experience in the last 10 years, we know that uh, they all have their pros and cons. They're all amazing partners, but some of them are geared toward more uh, fleet support, meaning if your charger is done in the morning, your asset is just not going out. So the response required from those partners is critical for fleet operation. And we've been trying to bridge that gap as much as possible to just control that portion of the of the equation. So we do have thousands of chargers in inventory right now, uh, thousands, millions of dollars in spare parts, not only for trucks, but also for chargers, because we understand that, you know, the market is getting there. It's growing rapidly. Those manufacturers are doing the right things, but fleets have different needs than public charging networks. Yeah. So for us, it's so important those, to you. Yeah. Well, are those separate businesses for you at Lion then? Um, and how do you, how do you look at, I mean, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but how do you look at revenue? I mean, do you charge your customers sort of a, a, uh, a consulting fee uh, as well as selling trucks and chargers and different pieces or how, how does all that work yeah. from a business standpoint well for us mike i think uh, if a, a customer would like to buy some chargers we are also resellers of all the tier one brands so we can do this so we're trying to make sure we have very aggressive pricing to make sure where our customers are happy to deploy those we have availability of those, but for the rest of the, I mean, if a customer wants a telematics package, we do have like a monthly packages and whatsoever, but what needs to be understand here is, you know, for us at Lion, we're a truck manufacturer. So we want to deploy and deliver trucks, but for us, charging telematics are becoming like necessary items for us to pursue growth, pursue deliveries and allow our customers to deploy on their required timing. So we do offer lots of services for free right now. When we say like consulting or whatsoever, we support customers with uh, program managers, project managers with, you know, because sometimes I think they have, they have amazing ambitions to deploy, but they don't necessarily have all the bandwidth to cover all the moving pieces of installing 50 chargers. It right. requires lots of time, lots of project management. So we are there to support. So there's all kinds of support functions in our group that are, Let's call these uh, customer success managers that will be supporting you from the PO date all the way to delivery to perform that perfect transition to after delivery, post delivery activities. But we are there and we're offering like a, we've built a team, a strong team with those expertise just to provide, I would say, free consulting, but also to share knowledge for, for them to make the yeah. right decision. Because for us, without this, it's becoming a roadblock as well, because uh, you know there's some knowledge that is not that easy to access. So for us, it's part of our general services. You know, We sell yeah. trucks and chargers, but the rest uh, we're there to support. I got it. I got it. And you got to get through that phase kind of quickly because the, um, you know, the time frame <laughs> for construction per or permitting construction, yep. all that work to, to put this in, it can be, can be lengthy. And I guess like a lot of things here, um, 
you know, there's a lot of unknowns yet as we ramp up. So I'm sure from a business and strategy and investment standpoint, you're, you're holding on loosely to some of those things. Cause some of that, some of that, you know, the industry might learn quickly and not need uh, now, maybe Mark, I'm naive and that's going to be 10 years down the line, not two or five, but um, you know, I do think that uh, it'll be interesting to see how this grows and emerges over time. And I think it's going to grow. And the level of support required for fleets, uh, I'm with you. Some of the fleets will build their own internal teams. We do have some customers that are very robust in terms of internal electrification programs. So they are getting that uh, that knowledge base, uh, those uh, yeah. those critical hires in-house. So we know that you know a lot of the fleets will be getting this internal uh, knowledge to deploy this at the scale they are looking for. So we know we're going to have to evolve into this. So today it's a it's a direct service that we offer to customers, but we we will uh, we will evolve with the market and evolve our teams uh, depending on what's the most pressing need uh, for that for for our customers and fleets to and all the the, the state initiatives or the federal initiatives. Yeah to pursue that growth. So sometimes we might phase out of the installation of Charger at some point to address more strategic uh, forecasts with utilities and something like that to give them visibility because you know they, they need time. Anything that comes to mind for you um, over the last number of years where you've had to adjust significantly your strategy, like something at Lion that you thought you, you saw it going this way. And then um, as, as you know, you talk about a lot of learnings and et cetera, et cetera. Is, yep. there, is there something in particular you give us as an example where you've uh, changed course? Yeah, I think the infrastructure is one good example. I would say five years ago, we were doing like you've mentioned earlier, Mike, we were doing like consulting with with customers to let them know what are the key uh, the key factors to be considered for them to uh, to control uh, you know their their projects and whatsoever. And as we were deploying, you know, onesies, twosies, units, uh, deployments, that's usually going well, right? Because the required power or whatsoever is, you know, controllable. It's it's within reach of, I would say, all of the fleets because they have, you know, the knowledge and the skills to do this. But as we were growing the size of the deployments to 10 to 20 to 50 to 200 units, we rapidly understand that, you know, only doing consulting for us was not sufficient in terms of a vertical integration for us. It was, we were able to, you know, today, Mike, we're building, 18 school buses a week where, where we have the capabilities to do up to 24 units of trucks per week. And that's before our U.S. operations that is targeted to deploy 20,000 units per year. So the, the, the delivery cycle for us is a lot quicker to manufacture trucks and buses. It's a matter of days when infrastructure or charging, or charging infrastructure takes 52 weeks to deploy. So what we've changed in terms of our strategies, instead of only doing consulting, well, we did created a level of inventory for Charger that is covering us probably for the next year of deliveries. But it's a massive risk that Lion is, you know, undertaking right now. But it's also an sure. opportunity for, for customers to take the time to make the right decision and then receive their vehicles per the funding program uh, requirements or per their timing. So it's, a, it's, it's, you know, it was a significant investment for us to do so. But this way, I think we're in a better yeah. position to support customers, right? So yeah, you just you just brought up an interesting one. We we hear that all the time that um, some of these uh -huh. truck incentives have timing, and they're having yep. trouble getting their infrastructure in place to support the timing on the incentives. So, um, yep. hey, you know, and, and a lot of what we've been talking about. I mean, I'm going to give a plug. You know, in 2023, we're planning to do run on less electric depot, where we're yep. going to help dig into. You know, I'm sure you're 
kind of looking forward to that because it's um uh you know it, it's and i am because it's gonna be so fun to really get out there and and bring to out into the public what's going on at these depots to try to scale like you said it you know from yes one or two to 10 to 50 to 200 i mean it, it becomes huge yeah. challenge for the utility to get the power there you got a lot of uh transition in um uh, you know just uh operations changes at the at the um at the site all kinds of things it's just gonna be so fascinating yeah. i'm really looking forward to to figuring out who these eight or 10 depots are and getting on with it. Oh, I'm with you. And we have some amazing examples today that do have like deployments of hundreds of school buses, you know, per depot. And at some point school buses are trucks. I mean, the power level is different, but the, the constraints are similar, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this is something to monitor very closely because as we deploy scale like this, I mean, we, we, we see, you know, public charging network that are doing great things like Electrify America, the Tesla charging network, and so many others. And today, those networks are built in a way it's, uh, let's call this opportunity charging for, for light duty vehicles. But we know that for, for bus depot or truck depot, um, all the considerations that we have for fleets like uptime and downtime, it also needs to apply for their depot because it's a it's a it's a go no go in the morning so i think there's new parameters that are coming in line when we select those sites when we select the equipment uh the and all the uh, all kinds of things that you know when we deploy like 200 charges at a site we need some expertise in terms of the charging manufacturers from utilities to define new best practices because you know 500 kilowatt of power or five megawatt at one site is not something to underestimate yeah. in terms of timing, Huge. but also in terms of complexity from right. a grid management, from peak demand, from energy cost as well. So all of those needs to be considered to be successful. So uh, I believe it's uh, it's an amazing, uh, I think the, the electric depot for run on less next year is probably one of the most critical items that we can address because usually people underestimate the charging infrastructure. But uh, for trucks that are doing uh, lesser runs, I mean, usually they will spend, the vehicle will spend, you know, not as much time on the charges than on the road, but a significant portion of the time connected recharging, whether at loading docks, in the depot, yeah. whatsoever. So reliability of those components will be mission critical. And I think this is where uh, we will need to have like new best practice and new uh, expertise around the table to uh, to do the right things and to standardize some of those uh, of those electric depots right. as well. Yeah, and it's going to be so exciting. I mean, I we've looked at it enough to know that there are adoption waves here where electric trucks make a lot <laughs> yep. of sense. Some early, yep. you know, you got you, we talked about school buses a bit here today, and then you, know, yep. you just look at other um, cases where the trucks sit all night and they got long time to charge. And there's mm -hmm. going to be these waves that occur that um, that yep. that will make this. Uh, you know, we'll learn as we go. So, Mark, it's been yep. time always flies. I'd love to keep talking to you, but uh, this has been really insightful and. Best to you and the team there at Lion. You guys are doing great work. Thank you very much for that opportunity. Looking forward to, to discuss more. Freight Efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends.